Well, there's no more getting around it. All you Jameis haters out there. It's, what, two days until kickoff, and oh, my God, the world's going to end. Jameis Winston is starting at quarterback. If you love Jameis Winston, you'll probably enjoy this show. Um, If you hate Jameis Winston and you blame everything that's ever gone wrong the past two years on Jameis Winston, then I I don't know if this is the show for you. I'm just giving you a heads up. Larry Holder of The Athletic, as he does every Friday, is going to join me, and we're going to talk about the Saints-Bucks matchup. We're going to talk about the NFL Week 4, what we think. We had a lot of great comments uh, this morning on the live show. And I'm talking about all over the place. We had Australia, Abu Dhabi, and Araby. I'm not making this up. you got to listen to it. It's all coming up next on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends out there who have been wondering and worried, worried sick, I might add, that there was a chance I was going to leave my wife for Roseanne Barr. Not going to happen. She tried. Not going to happen. All these celebrities trying to get with all these sports people. Oh, Swifty and Kelsey. What do they call that? Uh, Swiftsy? Kelty? I don't know what they're calling it. Holder had a name for it. I don't know. But uh, not going to be no dairy and bar getting again. Nope. Nope. Sorry, Bob. Wife's got nothing to worry about. Yep. That's how we're starting this show. Datitude, episode number 173. For a Friday, September the 29th. Last show of September 2023. I'm Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the advocate, and bet.nola.com. Uh, before we get to sports, you know, I like to uh, share some moments in my personal life. No, it's not stuff my son says. Although, you know, he was very, um, what's the right word? He was being super nice to me last night. Sent me a text. He asked me what, usually he asked me what I think about a game, and then he goes the opposite way. Like, whatever I say, he bets the opposite. More times than not. Not all the time. Um, but uh, he asked me Wednesday night, came over for dinner, and he asked me um, <clears throat> who I like Thursday night. And he said, I guess you like the Packers. And I'm like, no, I don't, actually. I had just done my NFL picks column, and... Uh, I went into it thinking I was going to like the Packers, but then after doing research, which happens a lot, um, especially when I can unstubborn myself, if that's even a word, Uh, when you unstubborn yourself, you know, you get rid of these preconceived notions, and you're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. I can unstubborn myself. See how I use that in a sense? Anyway, um, so I said, no, I like the Lions. They have won seven out of the last 12 matchups before last night. And they actually swept the Packers, beating them in Lambeau in 2017, 2018, and last year. I mean, all that was with Aaron Rodgers. So you know what? I'm going to go with the Lions. And uh, he sent me a nice text at halftime because he loves to talk about stuff before it finishes, by the way. Uh, this is the same kid who, remember when the Redskins and Saints played? Yeah, I said Redskins. That's who they were. Um, Redskins and Saints played back, I don't know, six, seven years ago, and Kirk Cousins was a Redskin, and they led by, like, 15 with two and a half minutes left, and Drew Brees led this amazing kind of comeback, kind of like the Packers did last week against the Saints. Not that I'm bringing that up. Um, but, yeah, he left He left before it was over. He didn't see one of the great comebacks in Saints. That's probably a top 10 Saints comeback in history. Yeah, he missed it. I gave him my tickets for the game. I had... Somebody had given me tickets, um, and I don't remember why I couldn't go or whatever, but I'm like, you know what? Here you go. Take you and your friend go. Yeah, he left. 
He didn't want to tell me, but I, I knew he left. <clears throat> anyway, it's nice to me last night. He gave me a little, gave me some pro. See, I listen sometimes. I would have never picked, I was going to pick the Packers, and you told me not to. Yeah. You picked the Lions because I told you to pick them, although you were going to pick the Packers. Yeah, I'm Santa Claus. Anyway. See where I tell you we're all over the place this morning. Before we get again, before we get to sports, I've got the little story about my daughter, a seven-year-old. Remember yesterday, I I told y'all about if you didn't listen to the show yesterday, um, Uncle Big Nick was was kind of getting on me a little bit because um, you know I've been reminding my daughter we have this little ritual we do every morning when I take her to the bus stop, which happens to be right across the street, but when we get to the curb. Um, we stop, we look both ways, we look both ways again, because that's what she likes to do, and then she looks up at me like, okay, is it okay to go now? Well, for some reason yesterday, she didn't do that. She walked to the curb, didn't even think about looking, and just walked right in the middle of the street without looking. And there was a car that was actually way down the street, which is unusual, because not a lot of cars drive on my street. You could be out there for 15 minutes and maybe see one car pass by. But she walks out, and I yell, dead! So if you weren't listening to the show yesterday, that was kind of like the, my personal moment. Well, this morning, she walked out there, and I waited to see. I guess it's no longer cool to hold daddy's hand. I mean, she's seven and a half now. She just had her, seven, her half birthday. She is seven and a half. She's not holding daddy's hand. She's walking ahead of me now. And she walked to the curb, and I purposefully let her walk ahead of me to see what she was going to do. She got to the curb. She stopped. She didn't look at me. I thought she was going to turn and look at me. She looked both ways, stopped and paused again, and then looked back at me. So, yeah, I didn't have to yell dead this morning. So, the point is, I got some grief from friends. I got multiple texts yesterday telling me that that was way too harsh. It worked, didn't it? She stopped. She looked both ways. And I bet at least for the next several months, I don't, maybe longer than that. When she gets to a curb, she's going to think of me yelling dead. I'm just saying. Work. I am worried about her spelling test today, though, because I uh, found this page of hers. Man, she's got some words in here. I don't even know what they are. And I asked her before she... The, the test is today, so I'm an obviously an awful father for not realizing that her spelling test was today, and she uh, wrote her 10 words down. Uh, not good. She's got... Four, the first, uh, the first four words are words that have uh, that end in e, but are ing words. So, but she's leaving the e in there, like baking, b a k e i n g. Uh, but what's worse is she's putting check marks next to them. I asked her who put those check marks down there, and she said that uh, she did on accident. She accidentally put the check marks down there, and she's got some words in. I'm, I'm guessing that tasing is not really a word that on our spelling test. But she's got T-A-S-E-I-N-G is one of her words, and she put a check mark next to it. I, I seriously doubt that they're learning tasing in the second grade, but who knows? And then there are two words I was hoping that uh, my audience could help me out with. Um, I think this is an N. It's either an N or an R, but I think it's an N. Um, C-U-N-F-I-N-G. Now, you can sound that out at home. I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying really bad words on this, on this family podcast. But I'm not quite sure I understand what C-U-N-F-I-N-G is. Can anyone, if you can explain that to me, uh, jderry at theadvocate.com, J-D-E-R-R-Y at theadvocate.com. If you have any idea what C-U-N-F-I-N-G is, uh, please let me know, because I don't. Uh, that's apparently on her spelling test today. It's got a check mark next to it, so it must be spelled correctly. She doesn't know how the check mark got there, though. Okay. Um, there's another word. Um, this is another word that I don't think I would want to pronounce on the air. Uh, C-U-N-C-T-I-N-G. No clue. It's got a check mark. So, got a check mark. We don't know how it got there, but definitely got a check mark. Uh, Jderry at theadvocate.com. Uh, I did get some uh, some nice comments from people 
the last couple of days. Uh, Billy Gordon, thank you for reaching out. Bill Vetter uh, agrees with my dime from Monday. Um, he wants to know, uh, doesn't the O-line have first five first-round picks in their counting Pete? I believe that is correct. I believe all five starting linemen are first-round picks, although uh, when Cesar Ruiz went out, James Hurst took his place at right guard. James Hurst is not a first-round pick. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, Saints-Bucks this weekend. Lots of reason to be optimistic, I think. I know a lot of people aren't. Uh, but Vegas is. Saints are a three-point favorite, and they're juiced to the Saints. In other words, you got to bet, if you bet 12 bucks, you got to bet 12 bucks on the Saints to win 10 at minus three. If you want to bet Tampa Bay at plus three, you can get them in even money. So Vegas thinks the Saints are going to win by at least a field goal. Uh, they are not worried at all about Jameis Winston starting in the place of Derek Carr. In fact, uh, we talked about it on Bayou Bets this week. Their futures numbers have not changed hardly at all. Um, now, they've changed because they lost, but a typical movement of a loss, not because they have a different quarterback. Not like the Jets changed from 18-1 to 1 or to 40-1 to 1 or however the hell they were when Zach Wilson became the quarterback and Aaron Rodgers went down. Um, and now, I don't know. I, don't, I think they're like 60-1. to 1. Poor Zach Wilson. Jeez. You think the Saints got it bad? I mean, I asked this question the other day, but, I mean, you could be a Zach Wilson fan. It could be a lot worse. Um, anyway. We're going to talk about that with Larry Holder of The Athletic, my friend. I've known him for, oh, quite a while now. Uh, we play fantasy baseball together. Uh, we made a trade about a month ago that uh, I thought was going to help propel me into the top four of this long, of the long running, it used to be the Times Picayune League, and it's kind of devolved, and I say devolved per, on purpose, uh, devolved into kind of a media league, This because hardly any of us, I think I'm the only one that still works. No, Jeff Duncan is in it. I think Jeff Duncan and I are the only two that still work for the Picayune. At one point, I was the only person who worked for the Picayune, because Jeff Duncan was also at the Athletic. But uh, we made a trade. If you finish in the top four, you get to eat your free meal. You get to eat uh, the banquet in the draft is held at Drago's. And um, you get to eat for free if you finish in the top four. Well, I'm going to finish fifth. Unless something miraculous happens over the next three days. We made this trade. I'm trying to jump in, up in the fourth. Nah, not going to happen. Remember Josh Katzenstein, Josh Katzenstein, who covered the Saints for the Times Picayune? Yeah, he's in the league. He's going to, uh, that bastard made some moves. Better than mine. He's going to finish in the top four. I am not. Anyway, you don't care about all that. You care about what we think about the Saints and maybe about the NFL Week 4. That is what we talk about. When I'm finished with Larry, I am going. I have a special outro song today. Um, it's something that I would have told you if you would have ever, if you would have, before, I don't know, a couple of days ago, if you would have said, ever said I would play a song by this artist on this podcast, I would have told you you were out of your box. But you know what? If you can't beat them, join them. That's where I'm at. That's my outro song is if you can't beat them, join them. And I'm going to join them. It goes a little something. It has something to do with my intro. That's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah, if I can't beat them, I'm going to join them. And you know what? I'm going to join Larry Holder right now. We're loving life, Larry. Look, what's wrong with it? Uh, even though the Saints, they blew a 17-point lead last week, I don't think they uh... – they would blow a 17-point lead this week, so I'll just put it that. Did, did uh, you, you know, have I'll, to bring that up? Or, I mean, like, we didn't even get into the analysis yet. You're already bringing up last week's 17-point uh, fourth-quarter blown lead. Well, I would have done it Monday, but I come on on Friday, so what do you want me to do? <laughs> I mean, you've been thinking about it? Like, you go to bed thinking about that? No, just because I was asked about it uh, in, because before I do this, I'm, I go on Fox 8 every Friday morning, and then I yeah. come home, and then I'm live here as well. So I was asked about it. So, yeah. It's, uh, well, you, you're on Fox 8 this morning. I was on Fox 8 last night. So there you go. Okay. Uh, I go on uh, Fridays and now Mondays in their 10 o'clock hour. I can oh, sit on the little, the little sofa in there. It's a good thing you don't do uh, Datitude on Mondays. That just wouldn't work out very well, would it? All right. Well, look, somebody's mad. Somebody put a mad emoji. If you want to comment, if you want to put more than just an emoji, 
You actually want to comment on the show or ask Larry a question or me, if you like. Uh, people aren't very happy with me right now because of some of the things I was saying about high school football and what they should do. That's a whole different story. I mean, people get really mad at All you comments. do is anger people. Look. I mean, I, it is. I mean, like, you've got the mad emoji, but you're more than welcome to comment if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, even if you're mad at me. It doesn't matter. It's okay. My wife's mad at me all the time. It's how okay. is it that I'm NFL, but I'm like Mr. Sunshine over here? How's Sunshine. that? Well, you're not, Mr. Sunshine. Like, you're not Mr. Sunshine. Compared to, to you, yes. I'm Maybe like so. quite sunny day. Maybe so. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how we feel about this game. Larry, this is an interesting matchup. You talk about the Saints coming off of their first loss of the year, 2-1. and one. And now they have to play this game, obviously, without their starting quarterback, Derek Carr, who is an injured shoulder. Uh, I think it looks like he avoided major catastrophe, uh, avoided season-ending injury. Uh, but chances are he's going to be out this week. I think there's also a good chance he's probably going to miss the next week or two after this. We'll, we'll wait and see. Because if you're the Saints, you're not going to be risking a lot of stuff with your franchise quarterback here. But Jameis Winston, obviously one of the better backups in the league, if not the best backup in the league, and knows this system has been in it for a couple of years now. Uh, Larry, uh, Jameis Winston starting against the Bucks on Sunday. Yeah, the fact we're not talking about season ending, we're talking about Basically, it is. It seems legitimately week to week. Like we could see Derek Carr back in a couple of weeks. Uh, that is certainly a sigh of relief uh, for everyone. But look, I would agree that Jameis Winston. Uh, the Saints are very fortunate to even have him. Like, remember, probably in the preseason, uh, or especially even when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Right. You saw sprinklings of the Jets should trade for Jameis Winston. Uh, because he would be a better option than Zach Wilson. I mean, anything would be a better option. Joe Namath would literally be a better option than Zach Wilson. At 75 Wilson. years old or whatever. I don't care if he's 100. He's a better option than Zach Wilson. But uh, like, uh, You can't he, even and, do this anymore, I don't think. He's <laughs> got arthritis. You know. Well, also, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it, maybe he can wear his fur coat. I don't know. That's, that'll be his padding. But it's, uh, it's fortunate that the Saints – at least have a viable backup because there are a lot of spots uh, around the league where you don't have that. And I just go back to, and I'm not saying this is the way this is going to pan out, but of course, every week at the athletic, I do a dive into every quarterback situation in the league, uh, how they are playing now, what do they look forward to in the, in the coming week? Uh, and so you look at, what Jameis Winston has done in the past. Last year, his numbers weren't great. Still coming back from a knee injury. Also banged up with his back. And he didn't look like the guy we saw the previous year. In that sense, when he was healthy, and he certainly, as you pointed out, knows the offense. Uh, a lot of the same pieces are there. And, uh, outside of, say, a couple, look, he's going to probably enjoy having Chris Olave. He's probably going to enjoy having Rashid Shahid. Uh, Jameis certainly can throw the ball down the field, so if he wants to take some shots, he could do that. Uh, but the fact he knows the offense, and the Saints went 5-2 and two with Jameis as a starter when he was healthy. So I'm not saying that that's the way it's going to go, but if you want to lean on some positivity there, I oh, absolutely. Think it's fair to do that. I think it's fair to see, all right, you can work a game plan, Jameis Winston, and it's not like the Saints have that tough of a schedule. Uh, like they, he, no. he, If you say, hey, who's a better quarterback, Jameis Winston or Baker Mayfield, I oh, think people would – I'd say at minimum call it a 50-50, and yeah. most people would say they'd probably rather have Jameis. I, I would not call it a 50-50, and you talk about positivity. I mean, I'm Mr. Positivity. I mean, <laughs> they call me Derry Upper for a reason. Um, Stuart Blair, all the way from Australia. Hello, mate. What time is it in Australia? What, what a terrible like, accent. Don't uh, try it. really me. was bad. I just, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a yat trying to be an, uh, speak Australian. I mean, exactly. or at least with an Australian accent. What is it, like 10 o'clock at night over there? 11 o'clock at night? We appreciate uh, Stuart uh, watching. Uh, all you Aussie hoodats, if you want to say hello in your own language, which is English, by the way, in your own accent, you're more than welcome to. If you want to speak 
Yaddian, you can do that too, whatever it may be. All right, um, look, I've been defending Jameis for a long time. I still do. Um, I think that he gets a bum rap by a lot of Saints fans. Uh, sure, he has games where he throws three or four interceptions, but you know what? A lot of quarterbacks do. You know, Drew Brees had uh, multiple games where he threw three interceptions. He's thrown four interceptions in a game before. Um, by the way, Stewart says it's midnight in Australia. Um, thank you for staying up late and watching us here. It's this morning. Uh, but, you know, Larry, you can't. There's also been games you talk about his record with the Saints and how he has been good. And he's got some different weapons here, and he knows the system. I'm just, you know, I don't know why why fans wouldn't be more optimistic. And I know I'm the pot calling the kettle black sometimes. You know, I've been down on him. But I, I am actually, I guess, optimistic about this week. I think he gets a chance to go, another chance to go against his old team, get that monkey off of his back. I think he's going to do well. I, th- I Look, I don't think there's... As of right now, because it's not like Derek Carr is has been lighting the world on fire for right. the Saints. So, you know, I don't think there's as big of a drop-off as maybe some people might perceive. Uh, I just feel like that uh, Derek Carr would be someone who would make fewer mistakes, even though he makes mistakes. Like, I just think he's someone who uh, would make fewer mistakes, if, if that makes sense. And Well, he's not going to be gone that long. So. Right. Well, uh, but also, this is why you have Jameis. You want him Absolutely. to be able to help you in a pinch. I mean, we we've seen, but we've seen in the past where backup quarterbacks have helped. I mean, look, Teddy Bridgewater was able to do it. Jameis yep. was able to do. It. Actually, Jameis was the starter. I mean, so it, but you, you get you catch my drift. Like other quarterbacks have come in and won games. I mean, even Taysom Hill as a starter. Uh, went three and one right uh, at a point. So a couple years ago, so it, you could figure this thing out. The Saints' defense is good enough. I feel like last week was more of a human nature aspect of a drop off. Like I don't, I don't think that's the norm. I think that's uh, the oddball. I think the Saints' defense can certainly play with the best of them, and I think they just had a human moment of a, a drop-off. You saw your quarterback go down and the pieces started falling apart and you just had one of those second halves. I feel like the Saints, if you look at the way the Tampa Bay uh, offense is structured, I think they match up well. Uh, so wow. you add that up to someone who I think uh, can come in and run the offense. And also you have to remember, like when you're a backup and you come in, it's not easy. Like yeah. when you have a, a week to prepare – and you're a veteran guy. You're used to doing this. Uh, it's a far different story. So I'm I'm optimistic for the Saints this week. Well, Vegas thinks the Saints are going to win. They're three point favorites. So uh, you know, n- no big drop off from from Carr to Winston there. Uh, look, we're international, Larry. We were talking about Australia. Now it's Abu Dhabi. They're watching in Abu Dhabi at 7 p.m. in Abu Dhabi, Daman. Thank you for watching from there. Anyone else internationally? Please let us know. You're watching. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but we've got we've got all kinds of flags from across the world watching us this morning. Barry wants to know: Is Baker Mayfield the best quarterback the Saints have faced this year? And um, I'll I, I'm going to ask for your opinion, but I would go to the extreme of saying I think he's the worst quarterback the Saints have faced this year. I mean, I think there's almost no question Jordan Love is better than Baker Mayfield. I'd like to know where he is on your rankings and. Everybody wants to dump on Ryan Tannehill, and the Titans are in a bad way right now, but I definitely think Ryan Tannehill is better than Baker Mayfield. I don't know. You can tell me what you think. I'm taking Baker over Tannehill. Tannehill, uh, it's... There's a lot of Tannehill haters. At least, exactly. At least you're not in Nashville. Right. That's a bad situation. Like, they have, like, no hope uh, with him. Uh, I think at least Tampa has hope with Baker. Like, I'll put it to you that way. Yeah. Uh, And so... Uh, I, do I think talent-wise, I mean, Jordan Love, does he bring you some elements? Yes, but I think he was – I think Tan, Green Bay was kind of fortunate, really, to get a couple wins with him. He's he just he's kind of is who he is at this point. I mean, he didn't look great last night. Uh, he didn't look great for a while against the Saints. Uh, so, like, I still think it's a work in progress. I mean <laughs> – 
I'm tr- almost talking my way into agreeing with that sentiment that Baker might be so far the nah. best one that they uh, have faced. So it wouldn't be the first time we disagreed on something. Uh, I feel like every week we disagree on something. I know. Well, Barry, oh, this is what we can't disagree on. Barry says it's 10:15 in Araby. So there you go. We're talking about watching international. might be international, right? I was going to say they're their own country for the most part. I mean, I'm in Algiers. Know. That's that's almost international in and of itself in New Orleans. Culture. You're that's an bad. Algerian. I'm a Mandevillian. Algerine. Oh, uh, Algerine. Get it. We're right. in this love together. <laughs> um, <laughs> something else completely. Uh, Terry wants to know, uh, will they play Hill, Hill at quarterback? Does he not want that? I'm sure he wants that. I'm sure he, if they asked him tomorrow, will you play uh, starting, would you like to be the starting quarterback? The answer would be yes. I think um, the dilemma that the Saints are, ha- are going to fall into, and it, it just happens when Taysom Hill becomes the backup quarterback, is how much do you expose him? in your game plan because if the quarterback goes down, you need him. So if Taysom gets hurt Jake on Jake Luton is for, for, right? He's there to hold the clipboard, and you don't ever want to play him. I mean, that's what he's there for. Uh, but you, if you have to play Taysom Hill, you can't get him hurt on a run play. Like, that's – you're going to – I'm curious to see how the Saints kind of – go about that. I know in the past they've tried to limit him when he has to be the backup quarterback. And so at least the Saints are fortunate enough to where they have Alvin Kamara back. Uh, so, I, but yeah, Taysom Hill is the backup and you can't see Taysom as much as maybe you'd like to see him. But also if the Saints run game is going well with Alvin Kamara, Kendry Miller, uh, maybe as kind of the one-two punch, Tony Jones Jr. Like, if you don't need him, then the Saints are in really good shape because other pieces of the puzzle are actually uh, getting going. Jindari, Larry Holder here this Friday morning on the Datitude Podcast. We're going to talk about the Saints for about another 10 minutes or so. We're going to give our prediction, and then we're going to move on and uh, advance and preview the NFL Week 4 because I think there are some very intriguing games this week. Larry d- uh, covers the NFL for The Athletic. He has just finished going through and making all his picks. Um, you know, you talk about Alvin Kamara. We're, we're 15 minutes into this show, Larry. And we never, we haven't even talked about Alvin Kamara returning after a three-week suspension. I think it's it's actually been kind of a quiet story, I guess. You know, I expected there to be more fanfare about Kamara coming back this week. And really, on all the shows that we've done, uh, even the 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 two datitudes that I've done this week, the two Bayou Bet shows. And the Saints insider shows, they're really, I mean, there's been talk about it. It's been mentioned, but it hasn't been like this, you know, huge deal. And and I'm not sure why. And again, I'm guilty of it as well, but it is a big deal that Kamara's coming back. I would say, at least from my perspective, the fanfare maybe around Alvin Kamara has subsided because guess what? Last year was his worst year in the NFL. Yeah, sure. So I think we need to see it to believe it. And again, this is me and and my thoughts of him coming back. Uh, I just think that for him to receive any of this fanfare, like he's got to re-earn it again. And people talk about running backs and pay diminishing. He's part of the reason why. Uh, He got a huge payday. Zeke Elliott got a huge payday. And they did not live up to the hype a la, say, Christian McCaffrey, who has. And so I think and that's and that goes to Alvin not being a pure runner, like the Saints use him in different aspects. And that's those are the running backs now that should get paid, the ones who can run it and catch it. Your your singular runners like Josh Jacobs, like not necessarily Tony Pollard, Derek but more like Saquon Barkley. Derek I mean, Henry. Derrick Henry. I mean, your runners, they're not going to get paid. Like, you need the people who can be diverse, like Christian McCaffrey. Like, Kamara is the prototype that would, but he has certainly struggled. And so I want to see him kind of get going because as a runner, he's not been very good the last right. two years. So well, you need him to come in and almost prove that, all right, let's let's get excited about him because we haven't seen – uh, him be that same guy that we've seen in the past. He's also approaching the big 3-0, which is not a good number for running backs. It's where running backs go to off to retirement land and enjoy the rest of their lives with all their money. So uh, I don't think, I mean, 
I'm just being realistic. I don't think Alvin Kamara is long for this league. I really don't. I mean, he may have another stop along the way. Um, we'll see. But, I mean, running backs don't get better when they turn 30. They get worse. And has Alvin Kamara already reached that point? We'll find out. Um, I think this is a major turning point in his career. Um, and I think a lot of it, though, Larry, and you see the, the Saints numbers there in the board. I was telling uh, yesterday Thomas Casale, our new sports betting director, I was surprised when I did these rankings that they were as high as 21st in rushing offense because, frankly, they haven't had much of a running offense. Sh- shows you how much the league has changed and uh, how much teams are leaning on the pass because they've not done anything. They haven't tried to run the ball except for take some hill that one game. He had 75 yards. So, I mean, it all stems from the offensive line. Lance Johnson says once or if the O-line can perform, this offense should be able to fly. But that's the question. Is that, I mean, you've done your rankings. You, you look at PFF more than I do. I mean, this, this offensive line is not getting any better. If anything, they're getting worse. And last week, it was the right side of the line that got blown up, which is really scary because I actually thought Trevor Penning played better last week. He got help from Andrew Speed, who came back, and Hurst move over to right guard. But, man, Larry, I, I don't know what happened with the right side of the line last week. Well, part of that is that, what makes the Green Bay Packers uh, pass rush typically good is that they can move Rashawn Gary around. Yep. That's that's the difference. Uh, like he's not four three edge guy, and he sticks to one side. I mean, he's more of that three four outside linebacker, and they move him around. And like he is, well, I could say going into week four, he's the best pass pressure player in the league. But that helped because of last week. But still, he perennially he's one of the best they have. And so I'm curious to see uh, what Tampa can kind of bring to the table. You know, they always have Shaq Barrett, uh, but is he kind of the same guy that we've seen in the past? Yeah, uh, so. You know, uh, it, it's it's not like that the they didn't play a terrible game, say, last week uh, in the loss to the Eagles. But, you know, the Eagles, it seems like they could play mediocre football and, and win games. And so, you know, look uh, – Tampa went out and got uh, uh, Kalaja Kansi, you know, first-round pick. Uh, you know, Vita Vea, certainly someone who can uh, create some havoc up the gut. So, I'm curious. And, look, Joe Tryon, he's still around uh, pressure-wise. I will say, though, that the Saints could run into some fortunate circumstance, uh, depending on the health of Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, their two corners. Yeah. I mean, like, if, if – oh. If both of those guys, A, A, they're both at least banged up, and B, if they don't play, uh, that certainly adds to the success of what the Saints can do uh, with their diverse trio of wide receivers. If you can get rid of the football quick to those guys, then it kind of solves some of those problems. But it's not like Jameis Winston is known for unloading the football quickly. So Yeah. Well, and you see also, Larry, that the the Bucs rank in the bottom third in total defense, uh, have trouble against the pass. I'm interested to see, and we got another comment coming from Scott Donald. By the way, thank you guys. A lot of, lot of comments this morning. I appreciate it. Scott Donald, I'm going to get to your comment your, in just a minute. But I do want to set point out that I don't know why I'm optimistic about this. I don't know why. I'm, I mean, just in general, I, I feel good about the Saints. I think you know where my prediction is going to go in a little bit. But I think this offensive line, if they are ever going to take anything personally, and get better and have a chip on their shoulder, it's going to be this week or it's going to be never. I mean, your quarterback got hurt last week because you sucked. So you're either going to take that personally and have a good week against a defensive front that I don't think is as good as the one you played last week, or you're not. So I think we found out a whole lot. I mean, not we found out a whole lot about the O-line already, but I think we're going to find out even more about him this week, Larry. Yeah, do I think there's room for improvement? Sure. I mean, look, this is basically still Trevor Penning's rookie year. Uh, Ryan Ramchek, he had one bad week. I mean, that happened. That was last week. It was really bad. Do I think Eric McCoy can improve? Yes, but he's having kind of a sluggish time. Uh, So do I think that they could figure this out? Yes. I mean, I I don't think it's room for like, oh, my gosh, the world's ending. Uh, But still, we've already seen it, as you said. They should take it personally. I mean, they they have gotten car beat up too much, and now he's out. 
So, you know, it, and this, it's, and it's not like the Saints, their offense wasn't clicking already. I mean, but part of that, a lot of that has to do with that O-line. So I feel yeah. like if they're able to kind of at least instill some confidence, like if you can get quick passes, if you can, if they can run block and get that going, I mean, well, that's that, what they really need to do. That would take a lot of the heat off of any of this. So, well, that I leads into that leads to establish that. That leads into Scott Donald's comment, and he's right. I mean, Kamara has always struggled against Tampa Bay. He's averaged in, I think it's eleven. I don't couldn't remember the eleven or thirteen games, but I know the number is ninety total yards of offense is what he's averaged against Tampa Bay, which is not a big number for him at all. Uh, maybe for some people, but it ain't. It's not for Alvin Kamara. Don't expect a big game out of him again, especially he's coming back uh, first game, especially since the offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael, uh, I guess it means has had trouble getting him the ball out in space. That is true. I mean, he has not been able to get the ball in space as much. I think they will try that more often. I think Jameis realizes his outlet valve is going to be Alvin Kamara, which is a big help to him coming back in. They've got to find a way to get him involved, but uh, can they do it? Well, historically, you could see why, just because Tampa, they have two of the better linebackers, one-two combo yeah. that play every down in the league with Devin White and Levante yeah. David. So that's part of the problem uh, with getting Kamara going. Uh, look, Vita Va, he's someone who can certainly clog up some space and allows linebackers to kind of shoot those gaps. Or if you get Alvin Kamara, uh, you try to get him on a, on a pass route, like those two guys can – better handle it than a lot of players in the league. So I think that's part of the reason why you don't see Kamara uh, play as well. But still, the fact that he's there and the fact that the Saints receivers have been very good, sure-handed, you know, if the ball gets around him, they're catching it, not dropping it. So I think that is something that, and I'm, I'm pointing back to Tampa and those corners. If they are banged up and or out, the Saints – can certainly take advantage of that. I, and as long as they can get rid of the football quickly, right. pass protect a little bit, get the ball in the, the hands of your trio of wide receivers, I think the Saints offense can get going against a defense that's a little bit banged up. I mean, we haven't even talked about the, the Saints defense yet. And, you know, if you look at these numbers, they still are on their streak. They're on their streak of having um, – having allowed 20 points or fewer in 11 straight games, try, longest active streak by far. In fact, um, it's the second longest streak in this century. It goes to show that people don't play defense like that anymore. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. The defensive numbers, if they get to 12, they will be the longest streak this century since 2000. In fact, I think it goes back to 1991. I was doing my research. It's a, it's a long, long time. We'll see if the defense can still do it. Uh, Brian Cavett says, will the line be up to the challenge, and will the quarterback survive? Yeah, we'll find out. That's not about that. <laughs> I, don't, I can't tell the future, but go, going back to your point on defense, uh, look, it's not like Tampa's putting up a ton of points. I mean, they put up 20 against Minnesota. The Bears are terrible. They put up 27, and they only put yeah. up 11 against the Eagles. Uh, I think the Saints have the pieces to the puzzle to, to slow down Tampa's defense and it's you're basically hinting at what you're doing I mean my pick's already public and so I think our listeners can kind of see where I'm going with my pick as well uh Jando asked can the Saints wear black helmets and uniforms they can wear black helmets I think three times I don't know what the dates are it won't be this week I actually they they were late getting out their uniform combo out together it's actually something that I follow and put in my trends column so it wasn't in my column but it was released this morning the saints will be wearing black jerseys gold pants and gold helmets for those who care about those sorts of things so the answer is they can but they're not so there it's it's uh black and gold this weekend in the in the dome and it's a weird time before we move on and talk about the nfl and preview the nfl uh it is a weird time because the saints two road games they come home, it's that sandwich game at home, and then they go back on the road. But the good news is after they finish this four out of five road swing, they have more home games than they have on the road. Well, the Saints have actually played pretty well on the road, so that's yeah. actually pretty fortunate. But, yeah, it's a – and it's it, – again, it's – you look at 
everything that's kind of going on within the league and some of the tougher games might not be as tough as you think and then some other opponents and I'm going to point this is going to be odd but the Texans might be a little bit of a tougher ask than maybe you might have thought but that's still uh, you know a game the Saints should win but still it's funny how you look at it on paper every this happens every year opponents might go up go down so but still overall the Saints no whether they're playing home or away they should be favored in a, a heck of a lot of these games yeah plenty and this actually will be uh they were although they were underdogs for most of the week last week they ended up as the favorite they went into the game as the favorite they were i believe one and a half point favorites by kickoff so this will be the four, barring something very strange which they're not it's not going to move that far uh barring something very very strange they will be favorites for the fourth straight game this season so all four this year uh we'll see about new england next week they may be underdogs depending on what these two teams we'll get into what the, the patriots are doing this week william uh says although the defe- defense played pretty well Last week, and how many pass interference penalties occurred in the fourth quarter? I don't have the game book in front of me, but I think it was two, right, Larry? They were in both one drive. I mean, right, right. So, I mean, that was those were the two uh, because otherwise, uh, look, we'd have been talking about Alante Taylor having an incredible game. Uh, he he committed one of those, but still, like it, that's they were basically in desperation mode, and they got two caught like they got hit with both of those calls. You know, Green Bay is just trying hope for hopes and prayers, and they yeah. got them. So, yeah, you know, that's, that's not going to happen every week. But still, I mean, that was part of the recipe of, of the downfall there. All right. It's Pixie Dust Friday, just like the old days. Larry and I are both going to give our prediction um, when, uh, when we're both. And I, I'm just saying, when we're both on the same side, it's not usually good. Um, we'll see what happens here. We were on opposite sides last week. I think, didn't you predict them to lose last week? I did. Yeah, so Larry was right, and I was wrong. We'll see what happens here. I'm going to let you go first. You're my guest. The guest goes I, uh, first. Yeah, I think the, the Saints, I think that defensively they can slow down Tampa, and I think that the Saints can put up just enough offense. To, uh, again, low scoring. Look at the over-under. I mean, those are, it's there for a reason, and, I, look, I agree on, on the over-under. Uh, and uh, look, I'm, I'm think I'm going to even go under, I'm going to go 21, 17 saints, pick up the win and get two, three and one. Um, I'm going over only because I think the saints are going to fare well offensively. I think this is going to be the best game of the year for the saints, not because Jameis is in there, but I don't think Jameis is going to hurt them. Uh, I think this is a good matchup for the saints. When I said that before about, uh, the O-line and them taking it personally, I think they will. I think the offensive line, I don't know why I'm defending them. I don't know why I think they're going to have a great game because I've been all over them for months. Uh, but I really think they're going to have their best game of the year. Uh, I think Ramchek and company is going to play, uh, take it personally. I think Trevor Penning took a big step forward. I think, I know people hate Andrus Pete, but I think uh, him being over there with Trevor Penning is actually going to help. Uh, Trevor Penning and the veteran presence of Andrus Pete. I don't hate Andrus Pete as much as a lot of Saints fans do. I think the Saints win twenty-seven to seventeen. I do think they they keep their streak going, and I think that uh, the fans in the dome have a fun party. We'll see if I feel that way next week. I know we're getting close to uh, running up on it. We we try to keep this to forty minutes or less, so we only have a few minutes left. But I do want to talk about. The NFL in the week that is, Larry, because uh, and I know you did your rankings um, and your predictions. You know, what do you see this week? I want to first talk about the big one to me is the Bills and the Dolphins. And am I wrong or I get the love for Tua and the offense that Mike McDaniel puts out, but to me, it's a little bit early to be crowning these this, these guys as the best team in the NFL. I mean, I'm not there yet. Uh, doing that. I think that's San Francisco right now. Uh, I think they're the best team in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, I think that's certainly the most intriguing game, I would say, of the entire weekend. And like, I, I, look, I'll just tell you right now, I, I picked Buffalo to win. And I, I think that uh, so did I. a thing uh, that you do have to look for, though, it uh, looks like Jalen Waddell 
will be back. Uh, he missed last week. Looks like he's out of concussion protocol, so he will play. But I, look, I think that here's the thing: Buffalo, a, a sneaky element to watch in that game is the play of Leonard Floyd. I thought that was one of the sneaky great moves of the offseason. He was way back. He, he got signed way late in the in the free agency period. Uh, you know, later on, almost like summertime. And they're trying to fill the void without Von Miller, waiting for him to get healthy. But Leonard Floyd was very good at, at pressuring the passer uh, last year with the Rams. That kind of got hidden just because the Rams weren't that good. And Leonard Floyd has been really good this year, uh, pressuring the quarterback. And that's actually one big thing that has been a huge help for the, the Dolphins. Tua has been one of the least pressured quarterbacks in the NFL this year. I think Buffalo presents a bigger challenge in pressuring them. Uh, so I, I think that, uh, look, at Buffalo, obviously it's not cold, so it's not going to be that big of a deal. But I do think that Buffalo, uh, I, I think it's going to be tight. I don't think it's going to be some some super high-flying game, probably stay, stay in the 20s. But I'm going with Buffalo to win that game. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think the hype on Miami is extremely exaggerated. Again, it's week three. You know, Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, who we're going to talk about in just a second, the Dallas Cowboys were the best team since sliced bread after week two. Then they lost to the Cardinals, and now I hear the same people who were saying they were this great team. Oh, they stink. Oh, they, they can't beat Arizona. They're, they're terrible. I mean, so I think they're going to have something to prove, too. But, I look, these teams that are – the Bills, to me, and I said this uh, during the week. I said it on the final bet show last night. I think Buffalo at 10-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl is one of the bargains out there, one of the big bargains. I mean, they – you, the first time you can get them at double digits in a long time. I think the Bills win this one. You want to talk about taking things personally? I think the Bills have a – they're going to silently take this pearl personally and uh, show the Dolphins. And teams that score 50, historically the following week, they're in the 20s. Um, that's just how it happens. It's hard to score a lot of points two weeks in a row. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Dallas and New England, another interesting game. The page. This line has crept down. It started up at seven. In fact, it was closer to seven and a half at some places. It is now six and a half, Dallas. People are betting on New England. And again, because of what I said, all of a sudden the Cowboys stink, Larry. <laughs> I think uh, that maybe Arizona is a little bit better than anyone gave anybody credit for. Uh, like Josh Dobbs has actually been solid to good uh, in, in at least two of the three weeks. And so uh, the maybe, Jets would probably take him. Yep, the Jets would <laughs> love Josh Dobbs right now. I can tell you that. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, but I, look, I, in terms of Dallas, like, I think that uh, that their offense, like New England's offense, it, it's just so confounding. I, I, I just don't know when it's actually going to ever be in place. Like it, oh. it just feels like it's it just stagnates and stagnates and stagnates. And so you know, I, I think Dallas. Uh, at home, uh, I'm taking Dallas. Uh, like I, I don't make picks against the spread, so I just do you know straight up. But I'm taking Dallas to win this game. Uh, it might be close. Like, I think New England's defense, like uh, you know Matthew Judon is is a very good pass rusher, uh, and the Cowboys offensive. I'm going to put you on the spot. Play. If I forced you to pick it by the spread, which one would you take? What is the spread? I'm looking spread six, six and, and, a half. and a half. Yeah. Oh, I would. I'd take the Patriots. Okay. If I was the spread, but I, I think Dallas can win a close. I think Dallas blows this team away. And I know Bill Belichick doesn't get blown out very often, but Dallas, I think when they have something to prove, um, they didn't have anything to prove last week. They went in cocky. I think they got shown, you know what, maybe we aren't as good as we think we are. I think that Dallas, I really think that Dallas is one of the best two or three teams in the NFL. Even really without do. Diggs? Even even without Diggs, and I know that hurts them, especially in the, the turnover department. Uh, obviously, in the, the, he was the key interception maker. Uh, he had that streak last year or two years ago of starting a season, I think, with like five or six in a row. But uh, when you got Micah Parsons, you're still pretty darn good on defense. I think the uh, the Cowboys win this one easily. There's one other game that I especially want to talk about, um, and that is how often do you see? Teams that have such a miserable start get to play one another this week. It's the fight in Sean Payton's going to Soldier Field to play the Bears, and the Broncos have stunk up the joint. 
but they're three and a half point favorites. Just goes to show you how bad the Bears have been. Yeah, I took Denver. Uh, I, I just think that there's no way that I, I just don't look. The Bears might lose every game this year at this point. They I mean, might. Uh, like uh, we all thought Arizona was going to be bad. It's Chicago, uh, and their troubles are on the field. It's off the field. It's everywhere. Uh, and look, I, it's I think certainly Sean Payton is wondering what the hell's going on. Uh, I think a lot of us are too. But but still, I, I just think that. I think the Bears, they're almost in quit mode already. I mean, that's that just goes to show you how uh, the quarterback's calling out coaching and had to come back and clarify, give me a break. And then, of course, <laughs> defensive coordinator has to leave and who knows what's going on there. And just the pieces to the puzzle weren't super great as it is. And uh, so, yeah, I think that – I just think that Denver's going to win this game. I don't think they're going to totally right the ship, but – uh, Chicago, if you're if you're doing say a survivor pool, yeah. Chicago is the team to follow. Yeah. If the Bears win this game, can I start calling you Larry Holderfloos? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. It'd be fun. Larry Holderfluke, maybe. Larry Holderfluke, I like it. Well, I mean, you said I got a bad uh Australian accent, so I'm just coming trying to come up with something different, have some names. I like the the Broncos as well. In fact, I predicted you know what I predicted more than the score, more than who's going to win the game or by the spread. Um, both these defenses, and which is surprising for, for Denver because I really thought that Denver's defense. I'm a big Vance Joseph fan. We both went to Shaw, so there you go. But they've been awful. Um, the score of this game could be like 52 to 48. Will either defense be able to stop the other team? I don't think Chicago can put up a ton of points, really. Unless well, I mean, here's the thing: Justin Fields is just going to have to run. Like run around, like I, I thought, Justin Fields hater. I, well, I don't think it's. I I just don't. I don't. I'm, no, I'm not a hater on him. I just don't think the pieces around. Like I don't think the offensive line. I don't think they've. Co- he's been coached well. Like I, I thought him and it is the coaching. Yeah, it's definitely part of that. Like I, but that's the thing. Like Fields has been through a bunch of systems now. You wonder how much of a toll that would take. It's like if you pulled him out and put him somewhere else. You know, they're oh, you're probably not in a great spot either. Like any any solid team's not gonna have to go get somebody like that. So, I kid because I think Justin Fields is terrible. Okay. I, I mean people, <laughs> I don't think he's terrible. I just think I just think he might like he might have just been uh, sometimes quarterbacks get into bad situations and I thought he I thought he could actually be pretty good this year, and I just don't think it's we'll, we'll uh, say. around him. Lance Johnson, I, I will get to your question before we go off the air. I, there is, uh, we, we want to finish this NFL segment because we're about to wrap up the show. So I will end the show with your question. Um, Sunday night, Chiefs-Jets. I don't think that uh, this line has dropped. The, the people with the big money are betting on the Jets. And you know why? Because Aunt Mabel and Drunk Joe and Joe Q Public are all taking the Chiefs and think they're just going to dominate and destroy the Jets. People forget Robert Sal is a good defensive coach, and the Jets have a good defense, and they still have Sauce Gardner, and I think they're going to give the Chiefs a fight, and I think it's going to be within that spread. I think the Chiefs win the game, but I don't know that I'm going to be running to use that as my survivor pick because it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Jets win this game. I would run to the Broncos to make that my survivor pick. It'd probably be the only time you took them this year. I'd be a good idea. <laughs> I think that is a good idea, actually. Um and so, anyway, I think it's going to be an interesting week of football. Um, there are other games. This is one of those weeks, and I'm going to be in the Dome, so I'm not going to be able to watch all of them like I usually do. But we'll get up early. We'll watch Jacksonville and Atlanta. I think that's actually going to be a tight game. Um, other games of interest, I think the Steelers are going to T.J. Watt meet C.J. Stroud, you know, the, the, the Houston Texans, just because they beat Jacksonville. They always beat Jacksonville. doesn't mean – they're that good. We're going to see. And then the, one of the games of the week by the spread, the Seahawks and the Giants on Monday Night Football. That's an interesting line. All right, we're going to end the show with a Saints question, Larry, and I thank our readers and commenters. You have been great this morning asking all kinds of questions and all kinds of comments. We've had international comments. Lance John, we've had comments from Araby. I mean, is that, when you get Australia and Araby in the same show, you know you're doing well. You need to get Australia and Araby in the same room, like at Old Araby Bar. Awesome. I think that would. I think Australian would love Old Araby Bar. That would be phenomenal. We're going to do that. Maybe we'll have, <laughs> maybe we'll have our our show one week 
in, in an Araby bar with an Australian dude or dudette or whatever. Lance Johnson wants to know, any insight to why we have not seen A.T. Perry so far this season? And the answer is probably because he's a rookie, a sixth-round draft pick who just because he did well in one preseason game doesn't mean he's ready for the starting lineup. But that's my take. And I'm not being it's mean. It's hard to crack the starting lineup. I mean, look, the Saints have, you know, three receivers. Like, you're not cracking that. And so yeah. I'm wondering. Definitely not one of the top three. Yeah, I'm wondering. And so when you're below that, you got to give some special teams value. I don't know how much special teams value he gives. I, you know, I, that's just, like, I'm not out there like I used to be, so I don't have any profound insight. But if you're not starting, you got to have that. And if you don't, if you don't have special teams value, uh, it's it's going to be an active time until someone goes down and maybe you can play on the offense. That's and I like A.T. Perry. I think A.T. Perry will eventually be a part of this team, Larry. I think that he has the talent to be a part of this team at some point. Kind of reminds me of Marcus Colston a little bit. Um, but we'll see. And it takes rookies, especially at skill positions, Larry, unless you're just like a stud. I mean, if you're if you're a skill position player, it's going to take – it might take you a little while to get in there. Especially if you don't have any voids. Like, the Saints didn't have a void. Like, the fact that Michael Thomas is healthy and you have Alave and, and Shahid, I mean, that's going to be hard to crack uh, no matter what. No doubt about it. Anything you, – you got any special plans this weekend? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I, I, you know what? Now that you say that, I guess I might as well give a shout-out because uh, – uh, my one of my uh, good good buddies of all time, Todd Grappanini, uh, okay. as part of the uh, Tulane Sports Hall of Fame. I'll be actually going to dinner tonight uh, with uh, to be part of that and going to the game tomorrow. With my uh, my twelve year old to uh, uh, watch uh, Mr. Todd and Todd's actually my youngest son's godfather. So okay. uh, we're going to be going uh, to it's going to be a uh, uh, hullabaloo Ray Ray all weekend long until Sunday for us. That is exciting, actually. Uh, Graf, I know, is about probably about to get into his element. He is the play-by-play radio voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, and so he is about to get started with that. I can't believe Pelicans training camp is starting Tuesday. I heard that last night, and I almost blew a gasket in my own head. Sometimes you just kind of forget what time of year and how early the NBA actually starts. Insane. I think that, that kind of boggles people's minds. I mean, look, I don't hate basketball, but I'm not ready for it to start either. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> people anyway. feel like it feel like you don't get ready till like Christmas. Yeah, exactly. I don't even pay attention to it. I think I don't think until January. I mean, I mean, look at the Pelicans and see where they are in the standings and watch a few games here and there. But certainly not watching every one or dying with them. Anyway, all right, fun show, Larry. Uh, we'll see what happens. We both predict the Saints will win. You think it's going to go under and be like twenty to seventeen? I think it's more like twenty-seven. 17, I think the Saints offense breaks out. Uh, we both like the Bills over the Dolphins. We both like the Broncos over the Bears, hapless Bears. You like the, we both like the Cowboys to win, but you think it's going to be tight? We'll see, man. I don't, we're all kind of on the same side. I don't like it when we agree this much. It's not nearly as fun of a show. Who did you take? Well, all right. We always seem to differ with a Falcons pick. Who you got there? You know, I, I, I think... The Jaguars win, but I think it's super tight. Uh, the last six games in a row played in Europe have been within seven points or fewer. So the, the Falcons are actually my, my, one of my teaser legs. So I got the Falcons plus nine in a teaser leg. Yeah, I pick, I'm taking the Falcons straight up. Uh, I'm starting it wouldn't surprise some, me at all. I'm starting to lose some faith in Jacksonville. I had high hopes, and it's, it has not, hmm? has not uh come to fruition. I've so. been saying that Trevor Lawrence isn't as good as everybody thinks he is, but you know, what do I know? He has not, he has not been great. I will say though, Calvin Ridley leads the league and drops with four. That doesn't help. Yeah. And then uh, Christian Kirk has dropped two passes too. So they're like two of the uh, league leaders and drop passes. That does not help your cause. If your top two receivers can't hang on to the football regularly. All right. One more, just because again, our listeners have been very good. Last one, I promise. Michael wants to know, do we really think any less about Jameis Winston starting against the Bucks rather than Carr? I'm sure Winston is going to do just as good, and the Saints are going to win. That's more of a comment. Uh, we kind of talked about that in the top of the show. I'll tell you what, 15 more seconds. I mean, you, you're, you're confident as well, and pe- for people that missed the beginning of the show, we both think that Jameis Winston 
will do better than I think a lot of critics think he's going to do. Yeah, I, th- I think he can – you can win games with him. And I think that the Saints, uh, they can game plan and, like, he can make things happen. And so, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't feel like the Saints are totally doomed that Jameis is playing without Derek Carr. Look, I yep. think the Saints are in a good spot still. Uh, have a great weekend and tell Mr. Graffinini, congratulations from me. Uh, well-deserved. Uh, enjoy it. I will. I'm sure he will, too. Is it just me, or was that, like, the best show we've had in months? I don't know why. It just flowed. Um, maybe it was partially because we had all the con- – I told you that we had Australia, Abu Dhabi, and Araby, among others, all in the same show. Now, what are the odds of that? If someone put odds on Australia, Australia Abu Dhabi, and Araby all in the same show, got to be, I don't know. 250 to 1. I mean, at least. Saints fans are everywhere, and I'm not going to use that Australian accent again. It was really bad uh, if you listen to that. If you didn't listen to it, what are you doing? You're skipping around the pod? What is wrong with you? You can't miss pieces of the pod. You came this far. You might as well listen to the whole damn thing. All right, what are we going out with today? It has been an interesting week, boys and girls. Um, it's one of those weeks, and I think why the show was so good today, um, I'm going to give it out of on a scale of 1 to 10. Look, I'll tell you when I think the show sucked because I've had some sucky, sucky shows as of late. There's been a couple where I think I was just so tired, and you get exhausted. You get to a certain point. You know, I, I would give this show like an 8.5 out of 10. That's how good I think it was uh, on, the, on the spectrum. I really like the beginning part. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the story about my daughter. I hope you didn't skip over that. I mean, I really need help with those words. If you know what, if you have any ideas, please let me know, because I have no clue what they are. Anyway, um, as we go out today, I think the reason why the show was so good today is because I think for the first time, and I'm not exaggerating, for the first time since I came back from vacation in July, it's like one big giant. You run, you run, you run, you run, and you can't run anymore, and you're out of it, and you kind of you go, you go to bed, you lay down, and you wake up, and you finally feel refreshed because you actually got to lay down. Although I am exhausted and I'm not making any sense right now, I think the fact that this was the first week where I finally felt like I was in a routine. I know I said that, you know, you get to get in the routine. I think part of it was the Saints playing a Monday night game early, um, haven't been in the dome since week one, changing graphics, trying to find the right graphics that fit for the show, which is a pain in the butt, doing all the buy you bet stuff, um, just getting in a routine. And I, I think I finally feel like that is the case. So this week, um, it leads into my outro. Look, you know what? This song fits in multiple ways, and I've been trying, you know, I'm tired of bucking the system. You know, a lot of times I just say, that's stupid, I ain't doing that. I've been a, a guilty of that throughout my career a lot of times, and it's gotten me in a lot of trouble. Um, so you know what? I, I've decided I'm not doing that. So when we had pre-production shows for Bayou Bets, and I, you know, what do you mean you want to talk about Taylor Swift? Are you insane? Nobody gives a rat's ass about Taylor Swift doesn't have anything to do with football. And, you know, then I realized, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. And so not only did I give it on Bayou Bets, but I wasn't asked to do this on my own show. But, I mean, shake it off kind of fits, doesn't it? I mean, just shake it. If you don't like something, shake it off. I think that's what we're doing here. I'm going to enjoy this football season. You never know. You know, I say this on, and here I digress again as we go out. The song's still playing. But I say this every year when I do play-by-play because I love play-by-play. If I could... If I could find a way to make a living out of doing play-by-play, I would absolutely 100% do it. I love doing play-by-play more than I love doing anything else. Podcast, writing about betting, anything else, I'm going to confess right here. But there's no money in it. The point is, I say this every year, when the football season is over and I do that last football game, I soak it all in. 
because you never know if you're ever going to get to do another game again. You And the same thing the end of, of a baseball season. When I'm done and I'm going off for the summer and I'm no more play-by-play play for another three months, I soak it in. You never know when you're going to get a chance to do it, if ever, again. Soak it all in. And so this, that's how I'm going to be from now on, and I'm going to shake stuff off. I'm going to shake it off. If I don't like it, shake, 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 shake. Play is going to play. Hate is going to hate. And it really sounds really dumb coming from my mouth. But I don't care. I'm going to shake it off. Play is going to play. Hate is going to hate. With that, you want to talk about what I'm going to do? Play is going to play? Because they are going to play on Sunday in the Superdome. And I'm going to be back on Monday to give you my dime and tell you what I think, good or bad. Derry down or Derry upper, we don't know what the hell we're going to get. But you're going to come back Monday and find out, and you're going to have a great weekend on the way to doing so. So with that, we'll say what we always say when we're ready to go. Peace and love. My friends.